Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. Hi. Oh, hello. How's things going? <laughs> it's all right. I mean, still in lockdown. Still living here. Still living here. We're still, still living. living here. That could be taken in um in any way possible. But yeah, just generally mentally drained um yeah. from everything that's been happening in the UK. It's super fun to live here. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I mean, you know, we all we all have a love hate relationship with the country that we're from. Currently, yeah. Currently, it's a a massive peak of hate. hate. Hatred. (laughs) I get, and it has like recently for me, it's been kind of like that for like the whole year. But I don't know. Anyway, anyway, this is a bad film club. Yeah. We talk about bad films. I'm Holly Gordon. Yeah. And I'm Shanae Miguela. And this week we're doing the 2017 film Bright. <laughs> Your face. <sighs> My face. Uh, also, can I just say one thing? Is that I really didn't think that this film was made in 2017. I thought it was more recent. But I don't know why. I think this the last three years have moved very fast, but I I understand that feeling because I this is the second time watching it for me. I wasted so much time of my life watching this <laughs> film. Like, oh, it's a bad film. Can I tell you something that I think you're going to be really annoyed about? No, go for it, man. <laughs> I watched it at one point two five speed because I was so bored of it. So did I. And this is, so did and I. This, but this is the first time I've ever seen it. Because, okay, my family do that thing where they watch films that we were supposed to watch together without me. So I've never seen it because I was just like, well, you've watched it now. I'm over it. I don't want to watch it. So then you suggested it for this pod. So I said, okay, fine. And now I've seen it. And now I wish I hadn't seen it. But here we are. It's just an awful film for a very long list of reasons. Mm. And it's just... It's a big question mark for me because I just want to know why it was made and the mm. the thought process of the thought process of not only the collaboration between the writer director and Will Smith but the mm. thought process and then the and also the decision made by Netflix to okay it and not only okay it but back it with about 90 million dollars. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And then just also why the writer who we were, who we were getting Thank to, you. yeah, yeah, uh, thought it was a, this was a good idea, and also this this film wasn't needed. Like I feel like if you haven't seen the film, it's lucky you. Um, but also it's basically what's that? How do you it's, describe the plot of this so film? Can my, you tell it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my little summary was that it's a buddy cop fantasy film. Which on paper sounds great, but is absolutely shit. So basically, they live in a world where humans and non-humans co- coexist. They, so basically, magic exists. So there's humans who are apparently at like the top of the food chain. Then you have elves who are always on top of the food chain, as we know from this podcast by doing Lord of the Rings all the time. Reference on point. And um, then you have orcs who are like at the bottom, and then fairies they show a few times like as bugs or some shit like that they show um, fairies and then they show one centaur yeah yes actually there's that's a good one, point yeah there's one the, centaur the cop, so yeah rep- representation Repres- matters guys <laughs> yeah so basically <laughs> but what they've done is that they use the fantasy elements as a discourse on racism and i don't feel like it works firstly secondly what they've done is so 
they've made it into like a cop film and then it's in this fantasy world but they don't world build it so it just kind of moves at full speed and then Will Smith is partnered with an orc that they've hired as a like quote unquote diversity hire and then they get embroiled in this like cops being corrupt as well as people looking for magic and like different groups of races fighting over magic this magic wand that happens to appear and then it all like comes to a climax and it's kind of just why did it need to happen and the end is kind of shit as well but basically they meet an elf girl along the way and she's a bright so she can control magic and not everyone can and then yeah it's just kind of like them trying to survive the night is the essential plot of this film which spoiler they do but it's it's really stupid it's it's so you just explained it and it it's such a weird plot because there's it's so this is what is it is actually sounds like it's a white guy that tried to tackle the issue of racism and Bruce brutality by uh using the world of fantasy and that's exactly what it is because it's a white guy that decided to write that. The white guy decided to have his own take on racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, ha- decided to have his voice should be the one that was heard. I just, I don't think it was good. And I get really, and I, I just think that it was so, for, it was like, it's one of those things where it's so obviously forced yeah. as well like it's like there's it's, yeah. there's no subtlety to it at all and I feel like it's to the point where I feel like it's slightly ex- it, I don't know we're not it's set in Los Angeles but I know that obviously pre- uh, police brutality is an issue because it's been an issue here I mean, recently massively, too and yeah massively but it's an issue across the world for di- for several different reasons mm. but they're just it's just there's it's there's a chaotic energy to this film that yeah. is very unsettling as well. And For sure. because everything is just high tension and you get no peace for two hours, <laughs> which is why why we I luckily I just like like Shanana did, watched it at a higher speed just because mm. we wanted it to be over with. But um I watched this film when it first came out in twenty seventeen and thought it was stupid. And then I had, to, and then I rewatched it obviously yesterday for this podcast. It yeah. was just really silly, but it came off the back of Suicide Squad, which is also a very bad film. Oh, um, yeah, because it's Will Smith is one of the lead characters in Suicide Squad, and it's the same director, David Ayer. Uh, is it Ayer? David yeah, Ayer, Ayer, who directed Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad historically flopped. It was a really, it was not a good film, but they decided, I think they decided to collaborate again on this this Netflix film that was written by Max Landis, Ugh. who is a gross person. He's such a misogynist. I hate him. Anyway. And should not have a career. But, no, but we'll talk about that in a second because I have some good good news about that. But yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, can I just say that one thing though? David Ayer, Aya, he directed films like... I've watched before, so he's directed Training Day, so he's worked with Will Smith before, then he's done Fast and Furious, you know I love Fast and Furious, and then he did Spot, mm. you know that one with um Colin Farrell in it, and... Yeah, he also did he also did Fury with um Brad Pitt and yeah. Tyler Booth. And... So he can direct action films, why is he so bad at this one? Like, none of the shots make sense. The narrative does not make any sense. And also, um, just a point that we should probably bring up is that Max Landis, yeah, wrote the script, but David Iyer rewrote it. Yeah, it's it's I he he got hold of this script, um, but he's not credited as a writer. No, he just it's just in the notes that he's he rewrote it. Yeah, um, it must have. I mean, if it went through rewrites, there must have been something wrong with it. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's something wrong yeah. with it as it came out, right? Because mm-hmm. the, I don't know if you saw if you found this as well, but the dialogue is horrible. The dialogue is really um, like cutting and yeah. stressful, and it's just 
it what makes me frustrated about the, the this type of dialogue is this it's just a lot of men shouting at each other <laughs> so yeah exactly that's exactly so, like, what it is i can comp- so i just kind of like lose any interest because mm. i know that this all this any because whenever a men just shout at each other and they always swear because they can't ever you know calmly just discuss any issue I just kind of don't care because then because I know that I would be able to sort the situation out a lot better mm. with like <laughs> my this, own tone of voice. I agree. This was Will Smith doing his best Samuel Jackson impression, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it, like it doesn't work for Will Smith. Hundred percent. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. I also don't really like. I know that Will Smith is a very good dramatic actor. Like I've mm. seen the Pursuit of Happiness. He's like he's a, <laughs> like, yeah he's great in that. It, and he's he's got he's done a lot of more dramatic action films in the in the past, but I can't get his com- comedic acting out of my head. So because mm. I know that for me is like my favorite type of way he acts. Yeah, I didn't like the writing in this film at all. But I think it like 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 the direction like you mentioned it was I felt like it was a bit kind of like clunky but sharp. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there were bits that. Sh- but I feel like there's bits that should have been slick that weren't slick, and then bits that are slick that shouldn't have been. Does that make sense? Like, there's bits in the yeah. middle that I was just like, just cut it out. Like, edit edit better. Like, I, it's unnecessary. I really didn't like any of the characters. None of them held, like, any interest for me. I'm, like, I felt a bit of empathy with the orc man who plays him, Joel Edgerton. I like him. Have you seen The Gift? No. I don't think I've seen him in anything. He's Mm. in Star Wars. You've seen him in stuff. Is he? Yeah. You've seen him in stuff. You just might not know that he's in it. Oh, he's in in the prequels. He's really... But you should watch that film. That was a really good film that I didn't think was going to be my vibe kind of film, but it was really good. And he's real fucking creepy in that. But he's a good actor. But I didn't realise it was him. But I knew, like, I could hear his voice. But yeah, I felt, I felt like he's the only person that I really felt any empathy for. The, the girl that plays Tika, what was that, man? Like, I was just like, what is this acting? What is this accent? Because pick one. Pick one accent and stick to it. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know if this was bad writing. If it was misogynist writing in at the start, because her character is shit, but also she was unnecessary. They could have just got the wand and had the same effect without having her there. She's just randomly doing backflips off stuff. I don't understand what the point of her character was. This is where the writing... I mean, we're, we are now in the territory of why we're saying it's about film. But yeah. the writing for me is... Um, this is where it fell short. Like it was kind of all right. You kind of got the sense of the world and like the and the discourse within uh, this like in this fantasy world and how the fantasy and I would quote unquote real life or humans live. And then the minute that magic and the elves appear and start to um and it start and this like whole kind of chase starts is where the writing falls short because. Mm-hmm. It's two relatively, I say in quotation marks, developed characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and alongside with a very undeveloped character, mm. which is, which on the back of it has a very a lot of undeveloped like folklore that we're supposed to understand. Thank you, thank you. That I was just like, have I missed something? Literally, nothing is explained well enough. Like we're supposed to understand that. Orcs, okay, understand, like, I'm not, I can't, I mean, this is the, from my perspective, and I've seen this film twice, don't particularly understand what, I understand magic and, like, fantasy, and magic is always going to come with, like, legends and folklore, Mm. but there's, you've got so many different characters and so many different races and so many, so many different sections of this film that all have their own different intertwining folklore, and apparently there's a general rule of thumb that magic used to exist like 200,000 years ago and there was a little co- uh, line from one of the secondary cops in the film where oh, my ancestors killed loads of oh! orcs in Russia. <laughs> I literally wrote down the same thing. Oh, and I'm 
thinking, okay, cool. So are we supposed to understand that, okay, humans are first class citizens? Uh, well, f- first class, well, they're like, f- they're the top of the food chain. But are we supposed to understand that humans have slowly evolved to not believe magic still exists, whereas these other very prevalent races still do- I don't, it very, it's just so confusing to me. And it just made like all the chase scenes and the violence and this whole storyline just kind of it suffered because of it yeah because yeah there's no real because that kind of folklore and all the behind the scenes stuff that gives you a reason to care about these characters in this kind of genre of film is interesting and that's what the readers want to know because it kind of gives them a purpose yeah but you have no idea what any of this crap means like the villain <laughs> so-called villain who is another elf is a type of elf which you also have to remember yeah is a specific type of elf yeah and then which is different to a, a bright yeah is that what we're also trying like yeah it's so much it's so it's so confusing it should it shouldn't have been this complicated but it also shouldn't have been made but so. also there's like all this stuff i completely agree with you and then there's all this baggagey stuff that is just never explained. So, like, who the fuck is the Dark Lord? Like, without sounding Harry Potter vibey, like, who is it? Where did that come from? <laughs> why Why are orcs seen as, like, traitors and sub Like, obviously, not subhuman because they're all different races, but why are they so, like, under the foot of everyone? So, like, everyone trashes on orcs. What's that about? And then there's all this stuff that's like, okay, so... They throw in all this stuff about how Elf Town is like the rich part of town, and then like the orcs are like the like the poor disenfranchised parts, and then you have like humans just living everywhere, and then they're like magic is outlawed, you can't use it, but then they have a magical task force like version of the FBI. What is that? And then. There's just, like, as you said, one random centaur just around. And then the fairy thing is also weird. And then there's just, like, random shit everywhere. And then that's never explained. And, you know, why is he the orc man? What's his name? Jacoby. Um, Nick? Yeah, Jacoby. Yeah, Jacoby, sorry. Yeah, Nick Jacoby. Why did he want to be a police officer in the first place, firstly? Secondly, why is he not, like, blooded like why is none of his family blooded what does that even mean do you know what I mean like I just thought it came out like a sign of respect but they didn't ever explain what it meant and also how can you tell I don't know and all of these questions are left unanswered (laughs) they're just like there at you and also this film really suffered from it I totally agree with you because there's no world building so you're just kind of thrown into it and expected to understand it when they're just talking about all this stuff that happened beforehand. Like, you were there and we, we just weren't. Like, I don't know. I think we mentioned it maybe in the Aragon film or whenever we sort of reference, we compare things to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, Lord of the Rings arguably, like, okay, it's not, it might not, doesn't always work as a good reference. But when you, when it comes to fantasy stuff, you need to, you need to take the time to well build. Yeah anything so just assuming that people will pick up on these uh th- these cues um to describe the history of this film for and it's a world that we've never seen like it's yeah. supposed to what represent the world we live in but it's also doing it in like a really um i would say also i would say insensitive way yep <laughs> um, yep uh, majorly insensitive way because it's just a bit it's kind of you need you can't expect the audience to understand everything you're saying because a lot of this stuff kind of goes kind of is not it's not clear enough it's not said it's said in the mo- in really heated moments that could be easily missed it's also maybe explained by the wrong character or said by the wrong character yeah. and i also thought that having a magical task force in theory is really interesting and kind of cool but i still I didn't think that they had enough time. They didn't consider it was a two hour long film. Mm. They didn't have enough screen time. They felt like what could have been the same, could it have been the same film without them there? Probably. And I also thought, like you said, there's these rituals of 
within all these races that means something so the orcs have to be blooded which is such a on the nose reference to obviously gangs and stuff yeah um which is super gross i really hate it and then uh but when he then does get that kind of recognition from other orcs it's so underwhelming yeah yeah <laughs> like the whole it literally like the leader or the gang uh, I mean, gang leader of the orcs or one of the guy whoever uh just cuts his hand and just raises it yeah i just <laughs> it's like oh is that it it's like okay, i'm fine it's like this whole thing that we've been hearing about that is really important to this specific community it's just that. Yeah. Like, I get that probably the symbolism is really important, but it's not... I thought there'd be something a bit more, you know, interesting. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I just thought it would be more interesting. Just because as well... It's that's, that, that's our, <laughs> that's that's our, our review. review hot take. Just... just thought it would be more interesting. <laughs> I just felt like, for a film with so many explosions, it was so boring. It was so unnecessary. The amount of violence... <laughs> Sorry. And I know that this sounds like I sound like such a boring person when I say that, but I'm just like, I don't care. Like the violence like the violence is when the violent scenes are so often and so much and just so eh that you know, there's moments where you could really they're, they're the moments where you could go to the toilet or go go on your phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Was there any props or costumes that you liked or disliked? Have anything to say, comment on? Um I just don't understand why I'll expand this and say character design as in like physic like physical character design. As considerable we have like now like other we have like makeup and prosthetics mm. we could talk about if yeah. there was anything that really stood out. I think that the main elf man looked great. His Ed- Edgar Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it was Edgar You know what? Can I just segue into the only thing that I liked about this film was that the little like cameos of people who you already know in it. So the sergeant that's just above Will Smith's character, she's the Amara in Jane the Virgin. And I was like, my yeah. babe. Yeah. And there's just loads of people that you're <laughs> just like, I know them. My man Jay Hernandez is in there um, for like yeah. five whole seconds. I love him. And yeah, that was yeah. nice. Um, but character design, yeah, Edgar Ramirez's elf vibe was great. Yes. I just really didn't understand why they put Tika in the weird dungaree vibe thing that she was wearing. I don't feel like it contributed to her elfish quality at all. But I think that the, the elves were dressed really well. I really liked their assassin wear. It was very like, I'm wearing a blazer, but I'm still doing black backflips, which I enjoyed. Yeah, the, like the L, like you said, you mentioned earlier, the L's are like high, not high ranking, they're wealthy. They're like the 1%. But this is what I didn't like about it because it was like very, so the, even with the props and the costuming, what they did was exactly what you said earlier, which is like, it's right on the nose. So it's very, very stereotypical. Mm. Is it, is it necessary to equate like orcs with gang culture i don't know if it like i don't feel like that to conflate the two is correct and right you know yeah (laughs) your face yeah i think it's kind of rude it feels racist like it feels it feels racist and stereotypical because you're using those to like perpetuate a like culture and perpetuate this nuance around how people behave and like what you recognize in people you know like instantly actually I'm going to take back my comment. Yes, it is racist because racist and rude are two different things. Mm. Learned that from Mega Mark. <laughs> anyway. Yes! Preacher girl! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I just think it's really insensitive and I think that you can't think that choosing a, a type of creature, I'm going to say fantasy creature, to represent a specific race when this, fan- this specific fantasy creature has historically over hundreds of years in fantasy books and film and literature always been inherently evil or a monster Mm. you can't then say oh this is then going to represent a specific uh community or race in our world and then think that we see them in a nice way or use i think it's just there's a 
misstep with it yeah. and it doesn't land like the writer of uh, the film was hoping it would. Yeah. Because I think it's like, it is, it feels like a white saviour movie. Oh, 100%. What's his name in this? Ward? Daryl. Why the fuck did I think it was Michael Ward? I don't even know his full name. Jeez. They barely say anyone's full ne- first name in this film. Like, I didn't even know Edgar Ramirez's name until I, until I looked at the cast. Does he even have a name in this? Shut up. No, he doesn't. It's Candomir. Oh, I feel like it, it never was. I feel like I didn't hear that. <laughs> Like, what is this? Uh, so it just doesn't make sense. Also, randomly, Margaret Tr- Margaret chose in this, which I love. I love it, but I'm also just wondering, like, I'm wondering what they thought they were getting themselves into or what they thought when they read the script, because I like all... The- There's a lot of these characters, these characters, these actors that I do, like, I do really enjoy mm. watching on screen mm. and on TV. I just thought... Because you definitely... Because people... Actors get scripts all the time. So why did you sit down, and read this one, and think, ah, oh, I need to be a part? You know why? Because ninety ninety million dollars. That's why Netflix are bl- fucking crazy for that. I don't understand it. It's like the highest. I think it was the most amount of money that Netflix ever spent on a film at the time. Yeah, at the time. It's so stupid. I wonder what people thought of it when they, if they, because it said that it also premiered in some kind of. It premiered in certain, like, a few theatres, so I wondered if people actually went to the theatres and they were like, oh, shit. But I wonder... Because, it, obviously, it was a Netflix original, but... Can someone explain yeah. to me what the Netflix model is? Because how do they make money on films like this if they're going to spend £90 million on it? I don't know. Because their subscription's not exactly, like like, expensive. It's, like nine what is it seven quid something eight pounds i don't know eight pound now or something is it doesn't add up that we pay a set this specific amount and then they can just pay 90 million dollars for one film you know but they also are like they all yeah paying 90 million dollars but then arguably they put a lot of they put millions of dollars into into, like obviously very very Mm. bad films all the time it's true but then again like i guess um they have a lot of Oscar-nominated films and Oscar-winning mm, films, but only too. recently. And I think maybe the TV, sh- yeah, I think maybe the TV shows are the things that really mm. help them. This could be a whole yeah, different exactly. podcast. Figuring out Netflix. Um, someone guy. tell us if anyone knows. <laughs> please tell us. But so, according to Nielsen, who do rankings for like TCM on books and stuff, um, according to Nielsen ratings. 11 million American viewers streamed this film within the first three days of its release. Doesn't that blow your mind? That's a lot. Do you think the trailer really, like, tricked them into watching this? Oh, 100%. And also, the fact that Will Smith is at the lead, I think it really sells it. Like, he's a... He's the one that's going to bring in the crowd, right? Like, you've already sold it with him at the... How yeah, do you, I have a question for you. Do you ha- do you think that Will Smith obviously is a you know very iconic actor, very well known within um you know, I would say anyone born in the nineties and before because of, you know, Fresh Prince mm. and everything and like music career. But do you think he his him being the lead role of uh, a film works m- more in favour for him in the States than it does here. As much as he's loved over here, he's not as like, he wouldn't arguably be iconic, depending on your upbringing. I would say depending on if you watched him. Yeah, I think it depends on your age and it depends on your race as well. So if you're a 90s baby, he means a lot more to you than like, I guess even an 80s baby, but you know, like, do white teenagers in the UK care about Will Smith? I don't know. No, but I definitely I grew up watching The French Prince. But definitely, like as a, yeah, but definitely as a person of color, like he means a lot for us because he's so visible, right? And also, like he was so young when he did Fresh Prince, and then yeah, we all grew up watching like Fresh Prince and My Wife and Kids and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, that's a good question, actually. I'm not. Yeah, I just sure. wondered because 
if that that I just wondered if that statistic was supposedly for the states because obviously Netflix obviously it's like international. Yeah. No, yeah, that's for that's for Amer- if... American viewers. So make up. Yeah, and I wondered if maybe a lot of the viewership does come from the states. I just remember watching this and then the influx of reviews coming yeah. in and it getting ripped to shreds yeah. by the reviews and they're very funny. A lot of them obviously use because it's a fantasy film like we do. A lot of them use Lord of the Rings as Jump a off kind point. of yeah, benchmark. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so it's like it's it, Bright is essentially Training Day meets Lord of the Rings, but dumber <laughs> than it sounds. <laughs> like that's that's one of the that's a review from IndieWire, and then you've got, I think all you yeah, and like the Guardian kind of is quotes it as Will Smith sci-fi is a true original for better oh, or no. worse, which is funny. I also do think that there's. Before this film, if you thought of... I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that this film is culturally relevant because it doesn't change anything. But the only really, the only time I've ever really thought of orcs before this film, and still probably even after this film, is only Lord of the Rings. So I don't feel they're in anything else that's fantasy. Yeah, for sure. That That's like where the canon lies in... Definitely in film, though. For sure. Especially, like, mainstream film. Yeah. I think it was interesting that they really tried to like switch up the cosmetic of orcs in this one so like they really went for that skin graft vibe in this which i think is like i think it was a good standing off point in that like you're trying to visually create a canon and stuff and obviously like their fairies were very um stylized and their elves were quite stylized as well. I mean, in a way that is quite obvious, but whatever. How? I mean, they were a bit lazy with the elves. Like you, it's like... Yeah, they did the, the... I mean, they did the ears and the really, really overtly bright eyes. But I think that was more in that they... As in stylized in that, they costumed them in a way that was like very distinct. Yeah, I will say... I mean, I don't know. This is another... Um stupid reference of mine but when there's a scene that very early on in the film where as you said fairies are kind of uh acute, like uh li- i mean they are linked to maybe insects or just their mm-hmm. pests essentially and there's a fairy that's bugging the will smith's front yard like light or something like that like a moth something like that and he goes and tries to kill it and he does kill it which is a bit of a gross yeah. scene also because it makes yeah. me a bit uncomfortable but the fairy in it, because you get a close up of the fairy at the big in that scene, but you also get a close up of the fairy at the end because the face comes right at the end, like straight up, and it's like kind of creepy. But it's got scales all over it, like a bird, and it reminded me instantly. If I don't know if you've seen it, probably not. But it's one of my favorite films. Is um, Guard the Guardians, Guardians or something like the that? The animated like, film. One of my favorite films. I don't even know. No, I haven't yeah, seen with Jack it. Frost. Mine is Jack Frost. <laughs> Oh, it's one of my favourite films. It's on Netflix, guys. I recommend you watch it. It's really good. Uh, it's a Christmas film, but you can watch it any time of the year. And The Tooth Fairy is um, voiced by Isla Fisher. Um, and it's exactly styled like her. Like, she's got... She's a tooth fairy, but she's got feathers. It's like, she's got, like, bird feathers. And she's kind of... And it just reminded me of that. And I was like, interesting. Where have they got all their pinpoint references from of how they're going to stylize their version of this fantasy creature? Because they not only, because the orcs, like you said, have this specific skin kind of tone. The Jacoby, the main orc, has like essentially shaved down his teeth to make them, I guess, make him look less orcish, which is a bit impossible and maybe more human. (laughs) Could you say they say they, the yeah? That's what yeah they definitely that's what they look like. But the ones from the bottom jaw, we need Ravina, we need a dentist. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what they're called. We need a <laughs> dentist friend. <laughs> tell us what orcs' teeth are um, like. <laughs> but also, some of them were really weird. So I don't know if you noticed on the the son that was saved by Nick. He mm. had different teeth to the the dad. So his were like quite prominent and like very out of his mouth. The dad, sorry. And the sons were like the two teeth mm. that were like pointy. They were like out of his mouth, but like the rest of his teeth were really, <laughs> really small in comparison. 
And I don't know if it's like a reference to, you know, humans yeah. having smaller bottom teeth than their top teeth. I don't know. I just thought that it was very... I thought every piece, every like there was a lot of teeth that was yeah. just distracting to me. Like the te- fair, um, the elves' teeth mm. was very distracting because they just seemed to have all their teeth <laughs> at the front of their mouth was just combined into one sharp tooth, essentially. You know, in cartoons where they just draw the one line, that was the elf's teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> teeth were a very prominent part of this film, even though, I mean, that was actually how that just proves how good the film is—is is that we're more interested with the teeth yeah. design. I mean, we had a lot of time to notice these weird things because the dialogue doesn't hold your interest. If the this amount of explosions can't hold your interest, then there's no save in this film. Yeah, I really want to know more about like the, you know, the production side of it. Because it was it was filmed yeah. in LA, but I wanted to know more of like like how long did all this makeup take? How that's yeah. more interesting. No, but also I had a look earlier and I really couldn't find that much about it. Like they didn't really talk about this film that much. If you Google if you Google this film, it's just all negative. What could we change about this film to make it better? Don't make it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's it. Okay, it? There you go. No, solved it. That's it. <laughs> it's getting a sequel though. What? I was just about to say that. Oh my <laughs> actual god, can you believe it? We need to boycott it. A sequel? Oh, I don't understand how it... A sequel, Holly. For what reason? It's with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton reprising their roles. But but from last May, so 2020, it was reported that Netflix has entered negotiations to get a different director. The director, Louis... Louis Natera, who is who did Now You See Me and The Incredible Hulk. Oh, and also the filming, the schedule filming has been delayed several times just due to Will Smith being a busy, busy person. Yeah. Basically. I so, mean, fair, fair, fair. would this film really be at the top of his priority list? I don't think so. I mean, the one silver lining is that um, Mac Lactis is not writing it again. What scumbags, man. Also, everyone's like, everyone puts... Um, his credits, so they put his credits down as he writes. He wrote the scripts for screenplay, sorry, for American Ultra, Victor Frankenstein, and Shadow of the Cloud, which he was, which was rewritten because he was removed from the project. But I don't know why they listed all these films like they were good films. Like they're not. They're bad films. That that's not something that you want your name to be credited on. Victor Frankenstein, get out of here. <laughs> His dad's famous too, so it might be partly nepotism. It is nepotism <laughs> so. though. His dad's a very famous director. And that's like where the issue lies. So basically he was called out on allegations of sexual abuse after which he was dropped by his agent and kind of dropped from the film industry, kind of not as much as we would like, but mostly because of Obviously, like a post Me Too movement. Well, I say post Me Too movement, but are we really in post? I don't think so. <laughs> May still happening. It just happened here. Yeah, we're oh, not so into cool. it at all, as you can tell. But basically, that's also why I feel like this film doesn't give the villain. So the villain is the female. Doesn't give her much of a reasoning, and also doesn't give her victim Tika. Um, much of a backstory or plotline or dialogue or anything because this film was definitely written by a man who doesn't like women and doesn't want them to be like it's definitely like he had to feature them in his script but he would have preferred them to be played by men you know Um, and you can just get that sense of you can just get that vibe like um, there's just women just being executed like in it was just unnecessary. There's also something very strange. I mean, I can't remember the, as the details of it, but there's a very there's like a flashback shot to essentially what these specific elves are trying to do, and they're part of this like cult, religious cult that's trying to get back the Dark Lord because they believe something good will happen. Essentially, it's not true. And all of the, from what I remember, the shot is of all these like elves praying or chanting. So it's very cultish, mm. which. I, I don't love like I like it in documentaries but not in films Mm -hmm. and it's just there's all it's just women in white I just don't like the symbolism of it all lazy I don't I think it's I think it's really lazy writing I I completely agree that you know not 
none of the characters are massively developed except for and arguably the obviously the two main characters are kind of developed a bit more but none of the female characters are developed at all because like you said they felt like they just it it felt it felt like they were it feels like they were written uh just because he had to you know, tick a box that he had included someone, like some female characters. Yeah. Usually a villain in a film is developed and has... Purpose. A valid, well, not has, not a valid reason, but yeah, purpose to their actions and a, a backstory and maybe even a, a link to the main character mm. or just some impact. But we go through the whole two hours of this film knowing absolutely fuck all about the villain. So... You kind of just don't care when it's really hard to care about a film where half of it, where at least a good chunk of it is not developed enough, and it's just a load of men shouting at each other about a wand. Do you know how stupid that all sounds? I think also I just need to point out that my favorite part of the film was that when humans kept trying to grab the wand or take it, they'd just like blow up, which is definitely the best plot line in this film. Yeah, <laughs> this was the this was that was interesting. It's like. So other ignoring all other folklore and like and cultural or race related religion or beliefs and stuff there's also this general historical factor that there's a thing called a bright which is essentially what the film is named after yep and there's always been a bright is it's not clearly it's not very clear to exactly what a bright is but it's they can control magic and they can they can control magic and essentially hold a hold a wand without dying, right? Yeah. One thing though, aren't they all fucking magic? Unless you're human, aren't they all magic? Don't they all come from magic? Is it? <laughs> I think this is the thing because aren't they all? Because is it, then does that mean it's a very specific type of person? Because historically, what they're trying to say is that brights can be anyone. Uh, it's just been in like milli- like thousands and thousands of years. There's never been a human bright. Yeah. And it ends up, spoiler alert, Will Smith ends up being a bright or one of the first like human brights in a very long time. So it, I don't know. It's like, is it something to do like, oh, it could be anyone. Like it's just someone like we would never know. Yeah, but I, I think it's really meant to be like, oh, they're worthy t- or whatever. That's what it felt like. I don't really see how it like, but the thing is, you know, when you have when the film when films like this have such a big story meaning to it there's usually a payoff yeah like their lives get better yeah. at the end his life i mean the be- the thing that happens is that he gets to keep his job but he's not even happy about it cuz he's just like oh half my poli- my half my department is corrupt the other half are dead because i killed them cuz they tried to kill me but then everyone else and the only person that i trusted in the police force was just shot in the back anyway. Oh, it's so frustrating. Also, do you find... Okay, this is also one thing I have just realised. Do you find that it's very odd? This is back to the race thing. The main character is a black man who is a human. And then the the guy that is has, like is playing an orc, which is supposed to reference like a, a minority, is played by a white guy. Yeah. Does that like not sit well with you? I don't know. What, is that supposed to be the thing? Yeah, definitely. But I think you're not supposed to know that he's white, firstly. Secondly, it goes back to your white okay. saviory vibe, you know. But then they're yeah. using Will Smith okay. as that conduit, so like yeah. it's meant to be like, look at us being all woke and stuff, and it just comes across as gross. Yeah, it's trying too hard. And then also going back to the women, the way that they're written, so either they're corrupt, like Margaret Cho's character, and then you get the nagging wife. So she asked him to kill the fairy. He doesn't want to kill the fairy. She's a nurse. They've been live. And she's just like, I just don't want to see... I, I don't want them to like pull you in on my shift. And you're dead and I have to save you or whatever. And then the two elf women who don't say anything. That's it. That's what we got. We don't even know if the, these, these elves have jobs. But I like... <laughs> if these elves have jobs! <laughs> um, But... Also, I lied because we definitely see women, but as strippers. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a whole scene in a. We strip forgot about club. that. They there's have a whole shootout in a sh- in a strip club. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? And also, this now this is another film. Whether like it doesn't matter even about the fantasy crap in it, but it's just there's too many guns. Yeah. For my liking, 
there's just so many guns like who i mean i don't want to i don't this is might sound ignorant but i who because obviously we're from the uk and we don't have guns here um but who goes and i know that there's obviously shootings are common in the states but is it like do you really go into like a strip strip club and just shoot up a like that like i know this is i could cut this all out because i'm sound as i say i sound really stupid but it's just so, <laughs> still so surprising to me it is really surprising to me that it's just like there's no care in the world i guess it was and it wasn't even um because there's a scene at like a concert where um it's an ogre it's ogre no it's an orc concert <laughs> Not Shrek. and it's very specifically <laughs> Shrek <laughs> <Yeah>. reference yes <laughs> but, um Oh, uh, I just, yeah, I just thought, okay, fine. But this, this strip club is just basically just a strip club for anyone. But um, Will Smith does tell people to start leaving because he knows that they're being followed, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. But but they're just, just everyone's just yeah, like, okay. It's all performative. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's gross. It is gross. It's like kind of like, okay, you're picking random places that you know these people are going to, I don't know. Why does it have to be at a strip club? Why do these women have to be naked? Why? Like, yeah. Who cares? But again, it's but that's what funny. I mean. It's definitely like a a very, I'm a man and I wrote this script and this is the way that it was written. You know? I'm a man and I don't see women as human beings. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Fixed it. <laughs> uh, could it be made now? No. I mean, <laughs> it, it was already now. made. It wasn't that long ago. It's like, what? It's not a very old film. It's not a very old film, but in the light of what has happened in the last year, I think it would be very silly to make it now. Which means that I don't think it could be a TV. It wouldn't work as a TV show. No. But also, that also begs the question then of why do we need a sequel to it? Money. Yeah. It's just money. Money, money, money. (sighs) If you could change any of the cast members would you i kind of would just change all the female cast members like well the elf female cast members do you think that what is her name the the girl with the dragon tattoo what's her name i know who you're talking about she's like a swedish actress naomi yeah numi repens yes i numi don't feel like she needed to be there she plays the main villain late Leela. But what I mean is that, like, as an actress, it could have been anyone, right? Like, it didn't have to be someone already yes. famous. It could have just been played by an unknown person, and then they would have got screen time. Like, I feel like she didn't really get any lines. Let's be honest. The person that did the work on this film was her stunt double. So, props to stunt people on this film, because they were doing hella work. They were doing all of the work. They should have got Nothing. all the all the nominations or whatever. Actually, no, they were, there weren't yeah. no, any nominations because this was a bad film. But, you know, they should get all the credit for this film because they were the ones that were doing that work. Yeah, I think that was what you said, that they picked someone that hasn't really been in much to try and bump their career. And I think that was the person, the actress who played Tika. She's an Australian actress called Lucy Fry, mm. who has not been in much since. But I think it's because she wasn't good in this, though. She just didn't have like she wasn't good in it, and then what she what what she did have to do it just wasn't interesting. Yeah. Like she was just like she was like the, it felt like she was like the damsel in distress a lot of the time. But also like a crazy Sorry. damsel in distress. Like they made her feel they made her character seem very mentally unstable. Um, and th- th- it was like that trope of you know that crazy girl who's like, why is she always touching stuff? Why is she always like in Will Smith's face? Like why is she always, um, like looking at stuff and. You know, like in the middle of the trouble and stuff, and it's just, it was a weird trope. I don't like it. We should also say that uh, English is also not the only language that is spoken in this oh, film. Yeah. There's Orkish. Yep. There's Elvish. Elvish. Um, there's, I mean, Spanish, obviously, but that's mm. the human language. <laughs> um, Thank you for that clarification, <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> so. I just thought it was quite interesting. Like, it's like, oh, I did, it was like someone, like, I think it was Jacoby says, oh, I only did two years of high school at, at Elvish high school. 
Like it's one of those that one of those funny. languages you learn at school. I just thought it was quite interesting, but I it was one it, to point to add to your point. She was one of she is like one of those characters that is constantly just like distracted whilst they're like trying to calm down a situation. She's constantly doing something. She's constantly she's one of those um, needed char- like needy characters who are in distress, but they can't communicate until the climax of it in the same language as the main characters. Yeah. Or she just doesn't talk. She either doesn't talk or she can't speak the language until you find out when she is ill that she can speak English yeah. this whole time and they can communicate. But yeah, I just wouldn't really... I just don't know. The cast is... The cast is like... kind. If you look at the cast list, it's quite... It's all right. It's cool. Yeah. But then it's just... I don't think any cast changes have made the film better. No. So it's because the writing and the film are generally bad. Exactly. I don't think the problem lies with the cast... Did this film have any cultural impact? Not for me. If it did have any, it, if it had any impact, it was all negative. Yeah. Let's just say that. But do you know what? I just don't understand because people really like this film and I just don't get it. Like, that, I was about to say, all I remember, or the cultural impact I do remember is this film coming out and then social media absolutely fucking slain. Yeah. And there were actual memes about yeah. it. So it was memes in the. Memes like negative memes, like people taking the piss out mm. of it. So they, so people weren't liking it. But then, like that was this again. Everyone lives in their little pocket of social media, so it might be completely different. I think that there is. I want to say, okay, okay, we can cut this out. But <laughs> I was gonna say there's a very specific type of person who would think this film is good. Yeah, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, I feel like people liked it because obviously I haven't seen it before. So I was kind of looking in our like pre-research for this podcast about like I just wanted to know what the vibe of it was, and I was just like looking around on social media, and obviously because this film's been out for a few years now, and like it's still one of the most rewatched films on Netflix, which I think is wild. Like for what reason? Like you've just spent two hours of your life on this film that isn't even good, but. And there's no, as you said earlier, there's no payoff for it. Like, it's not like they they survive the night. That's the payoff. That's it. But it's not even survive yeah. the night in a way that's like Cloverfield. You know, in the way that you're just like, that's an achievement in itself. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. So what happens next? Because you kind of just feel like they should have rounded out the story. But they didn't. And also... Do you care enough about the characters to feel that relief when they survive? Again, like I said, it's very specific person type of person. Mm. Will um, I will yeah, we'll watch it. I really think that this film is a bit of a toxic film. Mm. We can just it. There's just a lot of red flags with it. <laughs> so to which is surprising considering so many people have obviously watched it to the end including ourselves, then gone to rewatch it because there's so many red flags within the first like yeah. 20 minutes that you would kind of like think to shut it off. If we hadn't watched it for this, I would have not. I would have turned it off. Yeah, but it's like, so you kind of think, what's your line? Or is like, mm. is the thing that's, the thing that is keeping you going with it is the fantasy side. You, you're kind of hoping that it will kind of develop into something. Yeah. I will say, I remember the, there's a scene in the early on in the film where Will Smith, where the policemen are having to sort out a kind of, we don't know if he's homeless, but it's essentially a homeless guy chanting and talking in like the middle of the street about obviously this like dark law that's coming. And he obviously knows a lot about the history and the folklore behind this world. He's a, one of those staple characters that is used to explain a lot of things. I mean, that was a bit that got that. I think that's the part where start things. You kind of assume things are going to start getting interesting, yeah. and then they don't because no one else. Because he's then this character's never seen again, and you kind of just have to go through the film with his like very vague explanation. You would hope that it was explained a bit more. I also was kind of hoping that the magic team, magic task force, or whatever, would be there to kind of explain things, but they are not. No. I really do think Edward Ramirez has about five lines in this film. He's just there to look pretty. If that... Yeah, so... <laughs> in conclusion... We don't like this film. You've got anything else to say? No, I just... No, I even like at the film. start of this, I was like, what am I going to say about this film? Because I really... I really was very bored. 
it's boring, but I think there's a lot to say about why it's bad yeah. and just the ridiculous, like the fact that it got a backing of ninety million dollars for a, essentially a very offensive film that was probably that was made by two white people thinking that they were doing a good thing. Yeah. So, what do you give this film? I gave it a one, one point two five out of ten. I think that's my lowest so far. Lowest score. I've rated Sex and the City higher than this. Well, Sex and the City is... I was going to say Sex and the City isn't racist. Yes, yeah, it, it is, is racist. racist. And sexist. But it's racist, in a, it's racist and sexist. But Towards women as well. Way. And it's ridiculous because it's supposedly for... Anyway, that's a different podcast. Um, Why yeah. did I rate it so low? I guess it just pissed me off. And I don't know what it is about this film, but it just really made me annoyed. I think maybe because we watched it in the last week and this week has been a really rough week for women. So seeing like blatant misogyny on screen is not something that is going to sit well with me this week. So there's that. Yeah. I just don't think that it was rounded out well enough. I think that for a film that has so many stunts and has so many people, like talented stunt people working on it, I feel like they should have got better for this because their work was incredible. Like all these scenes were they where the stunt people are doing their thing, they look really good, but they're shot in really stupid ways. They don't make any sense. And how many times can you watch one one person backflip over the same car? Like, come on, man. It gets old very. It gets old very <laughs> yeah. quickly. I'm just like the the Imagine. best scene of it was the one where the elves are like shooting out the team that have run away so will smith nick and um tika in the like uh gas station shop you know where the car's just like driven into the shop that was the best scene and it lasted maybe five minutes yeah i gave it a one out of ten oh my god tell me why for every reason you mentioned, also just because I hate, I just don't care about, I, I really dislike films that have so much excessive violence. And I think this, like, I think this film essentially to the point, like, fetishized yeah. it in a sense yeah. that there was something, there was something that obviously was very enjoyable for either the director or the writer or both of them to really, you know, make this this is a okay cool action film but there's something not there's something kind of removed from it that doesn't make it so much of a traditional action film this is just like a lot of men with guns and referencing what you said how you don't you coming off the back of a really hard week not only do i just also don't like watching a film that's got a lot of misogyny in it i also don't like watching a film where it's just men shouting because it's a bit difficult to take like to kind of like swallow and um it kind of it just it's again it's just a lot of violence yeah it's just a lot of male violence so it's um not it's even without the um a difficult time it's also probably not very enjoyable I also just didn't like it because it was it I mean like you said at the beginning it's a what body cop fantasy film which on paper sounds really cool and interesting but it the outcome and the execution did not work bad. at all. It was executed really badly. And I just, I also just don't think that, like, I just knew, like, after watching it the first time and then going into watching this the second time, I just was like, I just hate the fact that they're just trying to essentially talk about racism with in in with this this method and it's completely but also wrong. by being and racist ev- you know like the stereotypes of like um hispanic like any latinx people like that was ridiculous the fact that they have a black man playing the lead and then there's this line that he says when the guys are standing outside of his house um other black men and they're having i think a barbecue or they're just watching him um kill the fairy and they're all like taking the piss and stuff and he's just like get away from my house it's not like i'm trying to sell it or anything and i'm like do we really do we have to do this like i don't want i don't want it like we get it enough in real life i don't want to i don't want that in my films like 
what you're going to be racist to your own people firstly and secondly like who wrote this why are you doing this well, how does it benefit you like what does it add to the story nothing you could have just left it out you know uh what do you think imdb gave it oh that's voted for by people right so it's probably stupid yeah it's out of 10 it's probably stupid like 5.7 all close uh, 6.3 that's shocking so, like i said like i said it's it's specific type of people that what like this film yeah um rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes 30 percent close 28 because they say i was gonna say 27 i'm so annoyed about myself <laughs> we still we still reviewed it lower than everything everyone else but then also i don't know. care will smith come at me bro <laughs> maybe like simply will smith is just trying to keep busy so he prevents production happening. yeah maybe he's just like i can't back out now i don't know what to do i don't know I how hope. to do it i mean he might be powerful enough and to be able to back out of a film yeah i hundred percent he is if they if he's if he's promised a lot of money i doubt he will um but yeah that's it don't watch it don't waste time watch a better yeah. film if you are into fantasy watch all the rings um if you're into anything else watch that as well um tell us what we should review at the back what is it the bad film pod or oh, badfilmpod at gmail.com yeah finally we got it right <laughs> we know we are we a know our team <laughs> uh see you next week bye. bye do you love the bad film club consider supporting us through the acar supporter feature it's up to you how much you want to give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.